As a small biz pro, I so we roll Using procurement, program and control As a small biz pro, I so we grow Using procurement, program and control I'm a businessman, yes I'm an entrepreneur Oh yeah, I'm a businessman, yes I'm an entrepreneur Oh yeah, I'm a businessman, yes I'm an entrepreneur Good, 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 good afternoon, everyone. This is the Business Zone with Krista O and Coach Gilbert Buchanan, your small business bar medic. And folks, today we're going to have an amazing show in honor of Black History Month and keeping that tradition going. We're going to be talking about Black business uh, importance and how it relates to the culture and how it relates to the community and the country. So my co-host, she, uh, she's got some wonderful things to share with you guys today as well. So co-host, how you doing? I'm good. I'm excited. So this is our last, uh, black history, uh, presentation for the month, but of course, all throughout the year, because y'all know that we black 365 days a year. That's right. Um, we just, we put a highlight on it uh, for right. the month of February. And so it's been a good month. We've talked about uh, some great stuff. Marcus Garvey, we we had, uh, um, uh, we talked about the auto industry, past and present. Uh, we talked about we the healer. The health healer, the, the doctor. Health healer, the doctor last week, uh, past and present. And so today, this one is near and dear to me, a passion of mine. Uh, two passions, actually. Uh, working with children and making sure we're preparing for our future. And, of course, tennis. So you all know that. That's well, you know, that's of course, we couldn't go through Black History Month without <laughs> having my co-host. Presenting the tennis perspective, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. We, we see tennis as a business as well, and we got to show how the black the black culture plays into that. So yes, co-host, thank you for that. So that's so that's what we're doing. So we got some uh, tennis uh, historians and, and uh, fun, uh, um, enthusiasts that's in the house. So Robert Foster, he's the CFO of the uh, American Tennis Association, the T the ATA, and then. Uh, 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 Marty Woods, who is, uh, I work with him with the Pete Brown Junior Tennis Program. So they're going to talk about the history of, uh, of tennis and both past and kind of present. And so, so that's Marty Wood is that Marty Wood is that gentleman who's going to give us $5,000 today. Is that it? No, <laughs> we always looking for money. <laughs> I, want, I just wanted to see the look on his face when I said <laughs> We have five coaches we support. <laughs> so, you know, but, you know, you know those interviews that that people go on, right? And yeah. sometimes they don't know what they're up up against, right? So then when they get introduced, they say, oh yeah, by the way, you're going to be donating $100,000 for a program today, right? And the right. person's going, huh? Uh, no one told me that. Right, exactly. But that's going to be our show today, and I'm excited about that. And then, of course, um, uh, next month, I'm lining up our guests. I think I have um, all... Um, 
three of the uh, weekend, three of the Fridays already filled for um, uh, Women's History Month. I'm some powerhouse mm-hmm. women. And I have two more I think I'm about to fill. So I got to send all that information out this week. So excited about that. So um, we got five Fridays in, in March? Yeah, five Fridays in March. All so, right. so that'd be cool. And then I actually even have a couple of guests coming in uh, for already uh, got a couple of guests for April uh, for business month. So looking forward to, to that. Uh, last night, um, speaking of black history, you know, everybody on, it, it was so many black history events going on. Hey, Marion. Uh, hey, Marion. Welcome to the business zone. And Marion is one of our, our, our women. Our guest to be, to be right? Yes, yeah, she's going to be our guest to be. Um, so we, um, you know, everybody had a Black History event. I had, I did Edison, Southern California Edison's this morning, which was fantastic. I haven't been able to go to a lot of them that were physical. So if they were virtual, I was able to get there. But if they were not, I couldn't. But last night I did attend a, um, a uh, learning exchange. It's called the Racial Justice Learning Exchange. And this is a, a, pro, a project and a program that uh, Supervisor Holly Mitchell actually hosts. And she's been hosting. This is like the one-year anniversary. They started it in, Mar- in February of last year. So we had some uh, this is my second one, and we had some major conversations going on uh, with um, uh, talking about um, um, white fragility yesterday. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting. <laughs> we broke down into groups. It must have been close to a hundred and maybe 190 people of all races there. Mm-hmm. And um, and so we broke down into this little group called the Circle of Chairs, yeah. uh, various groups. There's like eight groups, actually. And yeah. each one of us had to talk about a time when we encountered white fragility in our personal lives it had to be a personal story. And then everyone in the, in the, in the, in the space uh, had the uh, opportunity and, um, and it was, it was actually quite powerful. All, almost, um, uh, I, I, I think the conversations, cause we had to answer three questions and, and, you can see some healing taking place within the group. So maybe my I may have another podcast germinating, uh, but it would all be about race. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have to I have to cultivate that one carefully. But I think it's is covered the conversation. The only way we're going to address the issue, I don't know if we're going to ever solve the issue, but we do need to talk about the issue and we need to talk about it in a sense that it's not our responsibility uh, to educate white folks. White folks got to educate themselves, but however, we have to be better prepared, especially our children. You know, co-host, I have a, a simple solution to this problem. And before I step into the solution, folks, I would like for those of you who are just tuning into the, this program, this is the Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert. We're on every Friday from 3 to 4.30. And this is the number one small business podcast in the, in Southern California, in the U.S., and the world as far as we know it. We've got a lot of uh, listeners and viewers from all over the world. We've got from South Africa. We've got from Canada from Egypt, from Venezuela, you name it, guys. 
We provide information to help small business become business ready, contract ready, loan ready, and also nonprofit ready. So uh, we're doing something that uh, the usual suspects don't do. So just want to let you guys know that. So if you go to uh, the YouTube channel, folks, and you're listening to us from YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. Subscription is free. You don't have to pay anything. Just go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Also, if you're on LinkedIn or um, Facebook, you can do so as well. So we can send you continuous materials so you guys can uh, tune into our show and get up-to-date information. Like, as a matter of fact, our guests today, they're going to be talking about amazing things about uh, tennis that you guys probably never even thought about. And this is going to help you a lot. So keep uh, subscribing to those uh, those channels, folks, and keep listening to us. Keep us uh our program on the air so we can help a lot more small businesses. There's a lot of things coming up. Uh, we've got the, the Olympics coming up. Uh, we've got a variety of other uh, economic programs coming up. And we're going to guide you guys through this process. And make sure you guys get a piece of the contract in the government contract in pie. So with that being said, folks, Hold up one sec, Kim. So if you guys are on the screen, you see subscribe to our, our YouTube channel, you can take a picture of the QR code and it will take you directly to our YouTube channel and you can hit that subscribe button. All right. All right. I love that. I know. huh? <laughs> this is why I love working with you, man. You get that little <laughs> technology bug, you know, in your DNA and you make things happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm the dinosaur here. I don't, I'm not really up on the technology, guys. But my co-host, woo, I'm she a got hit. a new gadget every month, man. She got you. She got you guys in tune. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm a hidden geek. A hidden geek. <laughs> hidden geek. <laughs> One of, one of my secret talents. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. I love it. That's why, you know, the partnership between us will always flourish, man. It's unbelievable. Awesome, so, awesome. Well, so what's my, your solution? So my solution to this economic woes that we're having, folks, is there are 42 million Blacks in the U.S. based on the last census that they had back in 2020. 42 mm -hmm. of us, 22 million of us. Okay. My solution to this is, you know, they owe us our 40 acres and a mule reparation over the years, which they don't want to give to us. So my solution is, instead of giving these billions of dollars to foreign countries and all of these different big organizations that really don't need it, why don't they just give the Blacks $50 billion? There are 42 million of us. Just give us $50 billion, and you don't have to deal with us for the rest of our lives, okay? Just give us our $50 billion. We'll invest it. We will build our communities. We'll do what we need to do. We'll start our, our entrepreneurship programs, and we will put money back into the programs that we run to sustain ourselves. That's what I'm suggesting to the government, because Right now, they think it's a burden to try to sustain the black community. You know, an example of that is, you know, many of the hood areas, they don't put funds in there. You know, like this tennis program we're going to be talking about, they don't put funds in there to help the inner cities and the dispossessed, economically dis dispossessed folks. 
what they do is they ignore us. So that's okay. You could ignore us. Let's give us our 50 billion and we will invest that ourselves in our communities and we will grow just like they, just like we did back in, in, in uh, Oklahoma, in Greenwood, uh, Oklahoma, when we had Black Wall Street. That's what I'm suggesting, folks. So what do you think about that, co-host? Uh, I like that idea. I, I think we should take our $50 million a piece and just leave the country, period, and let them work <laughs> on it themselves. Because they seem to think they've got this great idea, so let them have it. <laughs> and we take our $50 million and we just go and settle somewhere else. I don't have you a know, problem. You know, they're going to have conditions on this $50 billion, <laughs> So, you know, one of them is probably you can't take it and leave. Because they know <laughs> I'm going to take my portion and go to Jamaica and then redevelop that area. So they, they, they're not going to do that. But I really do think it's a great idea because look at, I mean, Ukraine. How much money did they give to Ukraine? Oh, How much money do they give to all these other foreign countries, which really didn't provide an economic upliftment for us? You see what I'm saying? So yeah. just give us our money and leave us alone. Don't give us any medical. Of course, they're going to want us to pay taxes every year. So, yeah, we'll pay our taxes out of our $50 billion, But don't talk to us. Don't deal with us. Don't come in our communities. Don't bother us. We can we can flourish and support ourselves. And, don't and don't so you, you think that's you, a great so idea, Carlos? I think it's a great idea, but you know, just with Greenwood, you we will be prospering too well. They yeah. we won't be dependent on them. They're gonna be all jealous, and there you go. They're gonna come back and burn us down again. I well, say now we're prepared to deal with that. So, <laughs> so they can try it if they want. We're prepared. <laughs> I say, let's leave <laughs> and let's see how they manage this country without us. <laughs> oh, man. That's what I say. I've been thinking of a way because they've been stepping on our throats for the longest time. And they come up with all kinds of reasons why they don't want to help us. In small businesses, they establish those redlining system that will say, OK, if you come from this neighborhood, then we can't give you a bank loan. We cannot give you a mortgage. We can't help you. Right. That's what they do. So. Leave us alone then. Draw a red line if you want around the whole map of the, the, the country and give us our 50 billion. We will turn that into gold. We don't really need anyone else, any of the usual suspects. Well, you know, it's funny that you said that because so you know that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, who's a, 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 um, a crazy woman there in the crazy woman, right? So her her suggestion this week was that there would be a a division between the GOP and the D Democrats oh, that wow. they actually take separate parts of the country. What? <laughs> divide and segregate and just <laughs> some it would be I guess the East Coast would be all Dem uh, all GOP. So the West the West will definitely yeah. be the Democrats, right? Because you know they hate California. <laughs> right. So I uh, we uh, it's like okay, really? So somebody <laughs> said that she takes um uh, she takes ignorance to a whole nother level. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and the thing is, they give them airtime to say that crap. You know, why don't they listen to us when we propose our economic platform? I mean, last week we did the Marcus Garvey. No, the week before we did the Marcus Garvey economic plan, which is an amazing thing. You know, we saw what Marcus Garvey did for the black entrepreneurs and black folks who wanted to be self-sufficient. We right. can do some of the same thing with our 50 billion. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, well, we, we can, we can turn that sucker into gold in, within five years. 
but but the, but again you have to you have to ask yourself we were already not just greenwood we had done that all across the country uh yeah. after after we were emancipated uh, after mm -hmm. we were emancipated we actually set up it but that was they because we were there we they generated their wealth off of our backs yeah. they couldn't have us going out and being equals to them and they still can't have us going out well you know why them. because they wanted to continuously get free labor out of us that's oh, what they yeah. wanted <laughs> well yeah okay, just imagine any business that just imagine how wealthy a business would become if you had you could hire as many people as you wanted and don't have and to you pay didn't them. have to pay them one dime <laughs> i mean come on i mean everybody would be billionaires right yeah have free labor so yeah that that's it's like having a machine that makes money right <laughs> yeah exactly uh, and last night it was so interesting there was a young lady there were a couple people and i will say this i am so happy i i am an entrepreneur because it would be very hard for me in today's age uh to work in a corporate environment that was run by um uh the leadership was the, the yeah the usual <laughs> subset so this young lady one of her uh when they were asking her the question about uh how she was affected by white fragility i think she was biracial there was two one that was indian south south asian and they were both saying that you know they work in the in the uh, diversity inclusion uh the, the diversity equity and inclusion space and all of the bodies that are doing all the work are minorities, women, mm -hmm. whatever. But mm -hmm. the top layer, mm -hmm. the, the 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 leadership is all Anglo-Saxon white men right, over right. the age of 70, right? right? So she says she's always fighting with you guys don't get it. Yeah. DEI doesn't just mean the underlings. Yeah. You got it's got to be from the top guys right. and they're right. they like, oh no, we can't yeah. do that. Oh, that we can't, we can't lose control <laughs> of you people. <laughs> get you, you, you people, get out of your place. No, uh -uh. we gotta watch you people all the time. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> right. So, so it's just, um, I don't know, I, but we definitely there was somebody there. Uh, we definitely the reparations will be a game changer. We just have to make sure we educate our people uh, before we get that on how to take that and and create and mul uh, multiply that into a legacy wealth uh, for the, their businesses, their families, and generations uh, that are coming behind them. Can you can you imagine us developing this amazing tennis program for? For for the the economically dispossessed, and we're performing on the world stage, not getting any help from the government at all, and we're we're showing them up on the international stage. Oh. That would embarrass the crap out of them. And the same thing with the you know, teaching kids. I say I you know with that have a entrepreneur. Hey Greg, have a. <laughs> <laughs> an entrepreneur program for kids starting at the age of five teach them how to invest their money at the age of five teach oh, them how to, how to find their five and six and seven years yeah. old they're already starting their businesses yes. by the time they get to college they have they they're like a elon musk they have serial businesses they're taking care of their family now that's my utopia well i would say like a marcus garvey with serial businesses yeah. yes there you marcus, go marcus had a lot more businesses than this guy you know and and also man i'm telling you by us doing that that self-sufficient movement 
none of our people will be working for the man. They'll be working for, for the culture. And they're also becoming entrepreneurs who we get to teach and coach the right way. You see what doing, I mean? Doing global business. And guess what, Gilbert? We might even get our dollar to circulate more than six hours. That's what I'm talking about. The black dollar will get to circulate more than six hours in our community. Can you imagine? Oh, that yeah. would be a joy. Right, exactly. That would be a joy. That would Man, be we gotta we gotta do this campaign. It's, a good vision. Campaign it's, 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 it's definitely billion. a good vision. So we're gonna we got a campaign for fifty billion. Maybe <laughs> our guests when we bring them on today, they'll help us with our campaign. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna work on getting there's there's a team of individuals that are working on the reparations. So either I'm gonna get them on this show, I'm gonna get them in the community briefing, but I'm gonna work on that. Well, you mentioned that fifty billion to them, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that that will help a lot. That will it help. Will. They, they probably want to do it by family instead of individuals. You know, you've got 42 million individuals, right? Black individuals. But then they may say, ah, we can't do it individual. So we'll do it by family. Well, it's even better because then each family will get more money. And well, so, that, that, that's true. So then right. we can function much better. But but of course, you know, that's only right now. Reparations are only being discussed in California. And oh, it would yeah. be, I think, I think the number right now, the last time I saw the number was $238,000 or $250,000 per person. Uh -huh. In yeah. the state of California, right. if you had an if you're an, if you're a descendant of a uh, an ancestor that was uh, enslaved, right. uh, I don't know. I I would imagine all those folks that moved to Georgia and Tennessee and 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 Mississippi and all that they might want to come back home. Oh, that would be coming back. <laughs> you, you'll be seeing that mass exodus back to California, man. I'm you. Are, we already know there's some states that are going to fight this to to the to the uh to their death mr gregory gregory said toto just flew by what's total what's that the, the wizard of oz he's saying oh. it's so windy. <laughs> you know we're 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 on uh blizzard watch right now yeah I, I got i got the alert earlier man i'm going wow you know it's a good thing i'm staying indoors kid. yeah it was it, the rain was pretty i was out there for about about an hour and a half it was pretty intense but i don't think we're at blizzard level um they need to go skiing to figure out to understand what what uh, blizzard is, what are, is. Blizzard is. <laughs> or go visit the, the the east coast the northeast coast right buffalo, exactly buffalo yeah. binghamton new york right yeah, there you go. Go on up to Buffalo, uh, Chicago. Actually, any place over there by the, those lakes, uh, you'll understand blizzards. Are we ready oh, to rock well, and roll? You want to introduce our our guests? I am. Okay, you guys. All right. We'll bring them in. We're gonna. Oh, bring ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Robert Foster <laughs> and Mr. Marty Wood. So. Um, Mr. Marty Woods $5,000. Put it on my tab. There you go. There you go. Hey, Robert, how have you been? I'm, I'm just wonderful. I, I did want to make an informational note. Uh, I have been now elected as first vice president of the uh, American Tennis Association. My term of cfo uh ended uh two months ago so uh, oh wow I'm okay. now first vice president. 
And so first I, vice president, huh? Yeah. And so now you know this is a 100% volunteer organization. I just want to add that to <laughs> yeah. so, so, so there's no money coming this way then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So I... I so I just want to add that. <laughs> well, that means that means you're in a better position to get your portion of that fifty billion. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of uh, 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 reparations, you know, I, you guys uh, uh, reminded me of uh, there's a guy um, in Duke at Duke University. You might want to get him on 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 your show, uh, <laughs> William Darity, and he he's the founder of the theory of stratification economics and he's all oh. about, uh, uh, rep reparations and so mm. uh, uh uh read some of his stuff and i i think he's pretty accessible uh -huh. uh, well while you're at it you know since you were talking about uh uh white fragility uh get robin d'angelo on too uh -huh. oh okay yeah right exactly yeah because that you know the the, the it was amazing when I was talking to how Holly was saying yesterday, she goes, well, when we first put out that title, she goes, oh, my God, did we get all kinds of email because they were like, how dare you guys? Wait a minute. How can this come from the supervisor's office? And yeah. what do you mean white fragility? And she said her response was, it's a book. It's in the library, it's at least there. for now. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the one thing I think is important that, that when you when we think of a white fragility, we're not talking about racism or white supremacy. Exactly. We're talking about the, the uncomfortableness of talking about yes. black black subject. Exactly. At work. <laughs> exactly. So that's what we're doing. So yeah. So it was it was it was quite enlightening, um, but. Uh, in May, they're, the topics for uh, their, they, she does this every month. And so the topic in May is actually on black and indigenous reparations. Although the indigenous uh, individuals got their rep, reparations. Yep. Everybody yep. got their reparations yep. cut up. Yep. So I'm not quite sure why we having a conversation yep. about them, but. <laughs> and see, they turn their, their portion of the reparation into gold, you know, they running did. all those casinos and, you know, they got uh, certain <laughs> land assigned to, to them. Oh, man. Don't have we to pay need, any taxes. Ours. Don't have to pay no taxes. So no they, taxes. We need the same negotiators. <laughs> Greg, Greg, Greg said he's on his best behavior because we got guests in the studios. <laughs> okay, Greg. So, Robert, glad to have you back. Marty Woods, this is your first time uh, on the Business Zone. Of course, not my first time knowing me, but it's first time on the Business Zone. So we're glad to have you. Welcome, Welcome. Mr. Woods. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, so, uh, uh, Robert can tell you about how much fun we had the last time. We had a great time, man, last time. <laughs> oh, I, I, Gilbert, I, I'm going to start calling you the Marcus Garvey. That's right. <laughs> That's right, baby. <laughs> man, if I can implement some of his economic policies, man, I'm telling you, we'll be fine. I think yeah. you're on the way. I think yes. you're on the way. Uh, 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 you know, he was big on doing for yourself. Yes, yes. 
I think that is one of the, the best principles we all can have. Yes. Is instead of looking to others, look within yourself. And that exactly. was a big component of Marcus Garvey. Exactly. Yeah, and that's what we've been promoting on this show, man, that self-sufficiency, you know, on all of those types of uh, programs. It, it's just amazing. And I believe we'll get there. I'll definitely believe we'll get there. And, and and that actually is a good segue into uh, uh, the history of black tennis because they, yeah. you know the American Tennis Association had to become a, and like everything else a do it yourself because we were not we were excluded from uh, the U.S. Uh, tennis world and, mm -hmm. and uh, the, our Anglo. Americans, uh, their tennis world. And so with that is a great way to go into it. So can you tell us a little bit, um, Robert, why there, there has to be or had to be a separate organization to represent the black tennis players? Uh, yeah, thank you. Well, the American Tennis Association uh, started uh, on November uh, 1916 at the uh, then the only black YMCA in the country, and that was on 12th Street uh, in, uh, in Washington, in the Shaw District in Washington, DC. And so a group of middle class, upper middle class Blacks who were doctors, lawyers, teachers, professionals, they got together and they said, why don't we get together and have our own organization? Because tennis had really been uh, Tennis matches had really been played by clubs around the country, I'd say since the 1890s. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about black clubs that were not allowed to play right. or, or at, at white clubs mm -hmm. or be involved in anything uh, at white. Because as you know, uh, the Supreme Court, I believe it was in 1898, the Plessy versus Ferguson, mm -hmm. the separate but equal uh, case, made uh, segregation uh, the law of the land. And so, mm -hmm. so segregation at that point, uh, you know, was considered uh, the normal way of doing business. And when you look at that, slavery had only ended in uh, 1865. We had reconstruction and that ended in 1877 because of the 1877 compromise that basically said, you know, that the federal government would pull all of their troops and support out of the South so that uh, it could be a free-for-all again. But anyway, so in, in uh, 1916, a group of these professionals got together from all of these clubs and said, we need to start a national organization where we can come together and we love. And that was the way tennis was played. We had the only black national tennis organization and we are still the oldest African-American national sports organization since 1916. And to be honest with you, we're the most diverse and the oldest uh, organization that promoted diversity uh, since mm. 1916. And if you get down to back into the 1940s, we had about 145 uh, clubs around the country where blacks would get together uh, and play tennis. And then they would come annually uh, to the national uh, championships. And that was the ATA national championship. I hope that, was, that wasn't a wordy uh, 
No, uh, that was that was a great historical uh, journey for us because that's what we wanted to talk about. So yeah. some of those, some of uh, uh, obviously, uh, uh, for those that are new to tennis, think that Serena and Venus was the beginning, but they were she they were not. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, but Althea Gibson and Arthur Ashe, and, and you probably can give us a, a, a list of many others that were part of that historical uh, journey. Well, you right here locally, uh, you know, uh, one of the most famous, uh, Jimmy McDaniel, who went uh, uh, to high school here uh, to manual arts. Uh, and he uh, was really interesting uh, the Wilson Sporting Goods uh, store uh, ha had him come and play Don Budge, who at that time was the first grand, uh, uh, he won all the, the, the four major tournaments and what we refer to as the Grand Slam. And he came to Harlem uh, to the Cosmopolitan Club, and that was sponsored by Wilson and uh, he played uh, a, a Jimmy McDaniel, who at that time was the top black uh, tennis player in the black community. Uh, of course, uh, it, uh, that was considered the uh, breaking the, the barrier of getting whites and blacks together uh, uh, playing tennis. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. That is amazing. And that and was the 1940s. So that's in nineteen in the nineteen forties. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, when you look uh, uh, after that, of course, people know, uh, uh, you know, of, of uh, those who came after them. You know, you look at Arthur Ashe, Athea Gibson. Athea Gibson really was the uh, the first uh, African American to win uh, a major tennis tournament, not Arthur Ashe. Wow. But she came a decade too early. And, mm -hmm. and 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 speaking of white fragility, you know, uh, it was um, a white woman, a white tennis player who actually protested uh, of her not being able to play in uh, 1950 that uh, that really touched on the consciousness of at that time was the United States Law and Tennis Association, which is today, uh, the U.S. the USTA, and so it is really Athea Gibson and those who supported her, uh, irrespective of color, uh, that that she was really our first to break the color barrier in terms of winning, uh, you know, one of the major championships. You know, and she not only did that; she was a good singer. She appeared on what then was the the most popular show, the Ed Sullivan Show, singing. Oh, really. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so she, and then, uh, she could, you couldn't make any money because at that time there was no, if you were a professional, you couldn't play in these tournaments. Mm -hmm. you, you had barnstormers, but the barnstormers were not allowed to play, uh, in these, in these major tournaments. So she wasn't making any much money, I should say. Then after that in the sixties, she went into golf, you know, trying to make some money. So I think, we owe Althea a great uh, 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 amount of gratitude for she, her graciousness, her emotion and intelligence. One thing you will not hear is of Althea Gibson crying, oh, it's me. She basically very uh, prideful, had a lot of dignity. 
And this is one of the things I think that uh, we want to use as an example for our kids to let them know, look at Althea Gibson, right. carry yourself like Althea uh, and Arthur. You know, those trailblazers are usually the sacrificial lamb for us. You see what I mean? There has yeah. to be someone who is going to go out there, test the waters, test boundaries, get sacrificed so that the people behind them can come up and share in on some of the, 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 the glory. Uh, yeah. it, it's amazing that you mentioned the lawn tennis aspect because when 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 I was I was born in Jamaica and in Jamaica that's how we refer to tennis you know we call it lawn tennis we never yeah. we never call it just tennis or whatever we call it lawn tennis so you just brought back some memories for yeah. me right now <laughs> but yeah I mean when you when you look at uh, that tennis. You know, it came from 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 England and yeah. Jamaica uh, was a colony yeah. of the UK. Yeah. And tennis was all about the affluence. Yeah. And I remember growing up because tennis is not a cheap. Uh, a no, sport. it's uh, not. <laughs> uh, there isn't like basketball. You get a ball, you can go out and you can hoop. But tennis, you need to 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 become just recreational. Yeah. Oh, you need lessons. Mm -hmm. You need equipment. Yes. You need a court that's accessible to you. Yes. And that is a lot. So if you in, in JA, I can only imagine uh, <laughs> when you look at the, the people playing tennis, those people had good jobs and had some distinction. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yes. That that was an elite uh an elite activity for the world to do, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it, 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 it really had it really hasn't changed a lot in that right. uh, it was uh, uh, President uh, Franklin Roosevelt as part of the New Deal and the the public works uh, program that he had building tennis courts around the country was part of that. So a lot of these tennis courts at at some of these old high schools and parks that was part of the public works. To get right. us out of that that the Great Depression, uh, right. but even still, it is a middle tennis is really a middle class um, sport where we right. try and bring in kids from underserved communities yes. to help yeah. them uh, play down on this game because this game really is about problem solving. It is about developing good emotional intelligence, which you really need. If you're going to navigate in this world, yeah, exactly. And you know, some is, is very reticent of when I skied. Same thing. That's that's an elite. Uh, oh yeah. That that's particularly <laughs> specific to um, uh, the Caucasian world. And and we had to break through some barriers as well to get on the snow. Uh, uh, the, the National Brotherhood of Skiers, which is very similar to the ATA, uh, they just celebrated their 50 years um, as an organization, uh, you know, bringing folks to the snow, right? And and so, you know, is is these programs, and and this is what we have continually had to do. We had we had to segregate ourselves in order to be part of whatever it was, and you had to yeah. have a coalition fighting yeah. through you know, the, the, the minutia so that you could engage and enjoy a sport just like they did. Yeah. Um, 
right? Uh, and then in the early days, you know, we had a lot of elite blacks. They they rose up, doctors and lawyers, and yeah. um, and and uh, they learned from when they went to school as well. Why can't we participate in the sport just like you are participating in the sport? So, Robert, when did you start uh, playing tennis? I started playing about 20 years ago. Okay. I, you know, I, I, I was a baller. I played basketball and, and I was a, a, a junkie. I was never good enough to play uh, at the college level, but I was a hell of an intramural player. <laughs> you got it. You got it in the genes, man. You got it in the DNA. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I knew to give up basketball when, uh, I start getting these ball fakes from guys, you know, uh, like they, they fake like they're going to throw me the ball and I wasn't getting the ball. So, uh, that, that was the signal for me to um, try something else. And then from there, I, I started playing golf. And so I was kind of, I've been, I was kind of doing golf and tennis um, that, but tennis, I got the love of tennis uh, because of the social aspect of it. Uh, and I could be very competitive and I could get my cardio up. I couldn't get my cardio up in, in golf. Just my frustration went up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and it's a walking sport, but that definitely, yeah, you don't definitely get any cardio. That's pretty awesome. Were you introduced uh, oh, to well, the I sport? To you, I, I didn't huh? do much walking. I, I rode a cart at, on the golf oh. course. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the true lazy sport. <laughs> so were you introduced the to... Card. Yeah, the, 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 yeah, right, exactly. Were you introduced to tennis by someone else or um, did you just meander yeah, out uh, there? Well, I, I, had, I had been, I had played at tennis, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, before I got married, my wife, and I would go out and hit some tennis. I, I, I considered it something, you know, as a social uh, way of, of communicating to make a path inward, to, uh, you know, for romance or something, you know. But uh, I, I didn't really, you know, a tool. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really know how to play. You know, uh, people would tell you, but it was just something, something to do. Basketball it was a good date. Was, it was a good day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I, I got into tennis really thinking about it seriously, some guys who played, they, they were good players and they invited me out to play some doubles. And I said, sure, I can play. And, mm. and they embarrassed me because they talked about me so bad. <laughs> and so I went and took uh, lessons. Uh, there's a guy, you guys may know him, Don Bly uh, no, yes. uh, in Inglewood. I took lessons from Don Bly, uh, Calvin Bennett, and then I got the bug. And the thing that uh, really got me was this, the social, the social aspect of it, mm. and and the communal aspect of, of yeah. tennis, and the game itself. On you know, it, it it makes you reflect on your own character. Calls you have to make. Are you mm. are you making good calls? Yeah. Uh, when you get your butt kicked, you have yeah. to go and shake the opponent's hand, and that that lets you yeah. know you got to leave it right here. Right. And those are things that 
uh, help you mature and, and build, build integrity. That's right. That's right, Gilbert. <laughs> Uh, that's the Marcus Marcus Garvey influence. Yes, that's right. One of the amazing things that tennis also does besides building integrity, it builds you up health-wise too because it makes you physical and fit because you're moving in so many different directions on the spot. You know, I love that. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Uh, I've had, uh, because of tennis, I've had three knee surgeries, too. So I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm suffering hey, with two right now. <laughs> my cardio my cardio is better than it would be uh, otherwise. You know, uh, uh, we love tennis. You know, it's kind of a small, a small industry. When you look at tennis, the tennis industry is about a $2 billion business, maybe the equipment. Uh, tennis equipment might be a four billion, but uh, you look at the NFL. That's a seventeen, eighteen billion dollars. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. You know, and, and and when you look at it, we try and look at it as a lifetime recreation that you could have yeah. all of your life. Oh yeah. Uh, if you start you start looking at it from a business standpoint, you're talking about really only the top one hundred. Uh, players who play professionally are really making yeah. money. We look at it, getting these kids in the universities and colleges uh, to where they can develop skills that will carry them on and they could play with their family because it's one of the few the few sports that's a family recreation that you can have the rest of your life yeah. as a family. Yes. Right. And also a sport that, you know, provided you keep your knees in check, that you can play well into your 70s and your 80s, uh, depending on how uh, um, how fit you are. Because, I, you know, there are many 70 and 80 uh Probably, probably some ninety-year-olds that are out there on the court. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah, we 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 know a few. Don Bly, he just turned ninety, and he's going to try and get in shape to play. Oh wow! <laughs> it's, it's a but, diehard sport. <laughs> yeah, so, Mr. So, Marty, uh, how, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. But you go ahead. There, there's 22 million. It's estimated that 22 million people play tennis, wow. and about 1.9 million. Are African American, and we like to, we really like to grow that to be a little more. Oh, that's great! Yeah, yeah. and so that's a great segue for Misty Marty Woods because we have a program, and and Marty uh, um, is a byproduct of the Pete Brown Junior Tennis Program. So he's going to tell us a little bit about that. But uh, the program I got involved in the program. Uh, I want to say seven or eight years ago, I uh, came to the park. I played tennis in high school. And um, right about the same time when they start charging, uh, and I played in uh, college, and then they start charging for the local courts. And then I kind of got distracted and I start playing and I start skiing at that point. And I just kind of left tennis to the wayside. But my brother-in-law uh, really had learned how to play tennis and, um, and uh, so they, my, and, and my sister had was looking for a a, a a Christmas gift to give to my brother-in-law, and he's very difficult to buy for. And so he had told her that he had been involved in a program when he was a kid uh, called Pete Brown, uh, with Pete Brown, and he did like tennis. So she went out and found the tennis racket because at that time we were going through. Um, 
an economic downturn. Tennis rackets were pretty cheap. And then he loved it. And so they went out to play tennis and then uh, asked me to come out. And that's when I met Marty. And I and as I was out there also um, learning, I realized I had some skills that I could add to the program. So with that, Marty, I'm going to turn it over to you and welcome to the Business Zone. And tell us from your aspect, you know, how important tennis has been to you and exactly how you got involved in tennis. Well, thanks a lot. Um, I really appreciate ha having this opportunity. Um, and I just wanted to echo what Robert uh, was saying about, you know, how important our history is and how important folks were that we now stand on their shoulders. And um, one person I wanted to rec to really give props to was Arthur Ashe and, and Passarelli, Charlie Passarelli, who started the NJTL program. Um, I think they, they were a couple guys, they were at the US Open and they decided, they said, you know what, we need to get more minorities in low income areas involved in tennis. So they got together and they created what we call is the NJTO, which is the National Junior Tennis League, where they went and gathered funds and, and, and created a, a funding pool and um, uh, impacted low-income communities. Um, so that kind of segues into, um, into kind of um, Pete Brown. Um, Pete Brown was a surrogate um, of that whole movement. Um, and one day I was a young kid and Pete Brown was big for me. And I can tell you how this whole thing connects is um, one day I was six years old. I grew up fatherless in a really tough community. Um, we were me and my two older siblings were walking to a swimming hole one day. And as we passed the swimming hole, there was the tennis courts that day with balloons, banners, tons of kids playing amongst the tennis courts. And we hear this voice echo through the park. Hey, kids, do you want to learn the sport of tennis? So at that time, you know, we uh, community kids didn't really play that sport. So we looked at each other and we thought about it. And then Pete Brown said, you get a free tennis racket. So the allure was the free tennis racket. <laughs> um, so we went, we got the paperwork. We took it home. Mother filled it out. That next Saturday, we were on the court and I never stopped playing. And the thing about it is, is Pete was not only a coach for me, he was a mentor. He was a father figure. Mm -hmm. uh, he was a disciplinary, um, all of this stuff. Uh, he had created this environment for, for kids. And, um, and I always knew, folks asked me in the past, on a, I did a couple other um, speaking engagements, and they asked me, when did you, Marty, when did you know you wanted to go to college? And I thought about it, and I always knew I wanted to go to college because he had me he always had us on college campuses he had us at country clubs he had college kids and college students come to our community park and mentor us and speak with us and help us with our our homework and help us with with different different things um right around 2009 pete fell ill uh he called me up he was like hey marty need to get you involved um, I'm slowing up a bit. And of course I was full all in on it. Um, and unfortunately late 2009, Pete passed away. So I, I said, okay, I need to keep his legacy alive in this community. So that's when I founded the Pete Brown junior tennis program, uh, to basically keep his legacy alive and basically do the same things he did for me and offer, and offer me those opportunities. 
so it all it all came together. So that's that's how I was introduced to the sport. And now with Pete, he didn't, you know, Pete Brown Jr., the program now is a nonprofit. So we, we, we uh, seek uh, funding in order to support the t- program. But T- Pete wasn't a nonprofit, right? This, he's, how did he sponsor the program? Well, Pete was funded by the NJTL program, oh, okay. like Arthur Ass and, and Passarelli's program, which they okay. were able to give them seed money and, and funded them throughout the year to impact low-income communities. So they okay. were funded by the NJTO, which was funded by the USDA. Okay, okay. Um, uh, and and so uh, California or Los Angeles seems to have a lot of uh, tennis players that have come out of uh, the local tennis clubs uh, or tennis courts. I, I know Serena and Venus were out of Compton, and and you you uh, uh, Robert had mentioned it, and, and you also mentioned on uh, Jimmy McDaniel. So can you go a little bit more? I didn't know that manual arts and Mona will love that because that's where she went to school, <laughs> and she always takes a lot of guff from from that from being that manual why everybody else went to Crenshaw and LA High and, and Dorsey and so uh she will love that so can you tell me a little bit more uh, about that and um um so a lot of our coaches Pete Brown Calvin Bennett uh they they were coaches weren't they uh, Don Bly and um what's the what's um the the guy that recently died Bobo well Mel Lewis <laughs> Mel Lewis no. really, really wasn't a coach. He was an elite player. But okay. you're right. um, these coaches um, like Pete Brown, Don Bly, um, uh, Oscar Johnson, uh, Richard Williams, they were a part of this coalition um, of black black coaches. They actually had their own organization. Um, mm. And I saw I've seen letters of Arthur Ashe communicating with these guys, uh, instructing them, encouraging them. And letting them know, hey, you guys keep pushing forward with your vision, um, sharing their sponsors with them. And I think back in the day, Coca-Cola and Burger King were were really on board with the vision. And um, I would I would see Ar- these letters from Arthur Ashe, you know, telling telling um, guys like um, Hollis Smith and um, these guys to 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 reach out to Burger King. Um, they they may they may support you. Reach out to to such and such. They may support you. So. Um, they were all a part of this coalition, and what ended up happening, I think, the, where the disconnect came was the USTA Southern California section came to them and said, "Okay, we could support this these communities a little better. Why don't you sell us this organization, and then we'll support you guys?" And that ended up happening, and I think they kind of a little bit of that. Um, I want to say management or a little bit of the power was given away there. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, um, they end up uh, support, they end up supporting it, but it was breadcrumbs mm, versus okay. big pieces of the pie. So, so that was, it was tough for, for guys like that, but they kept pushing along and they kept impacting doing the things they, you know, to impact these, these low income communities, communities and make life, and, and put these kids in positions to go to college and achieve big to come back and, and help out a bit. So, and what is the mission of Pete Brown? I know, but for the world, uh, what, 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 how do we position ourselves in the tennis world uh, when it comes to expose uh, being a grassroots program? Well, as you know, uh, Pete Brown, I mean, uh, tennis is a microcosm to life. Um, and, 
academics is huge for us. Um, exposing these kids to to things like STEM, to to uh, college campuses, to to um, major major ach achieving professionals that that we bring in to mentor the kids, basically preparing these kids to achieve big and then possibly bringing these kids back in after of course they've 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 went out on their journey they, they've created their life to get them to come back and really be passionate about supporting organizations like mine that's where my focus is right now now, now marty and robert uh i know you guys are ardent supporter of the sport of tennis but uh, one of our listeners have a question for both of you or either of <laughs> you. Uh, he wants to know, this is Greg, Greg Sneed, our field, our field correspondent. He wants to know, uh, what do you think about uh, the latest rage about pickleball? I, I, know it's it's not, I know it's not the same as tennis, but, you well, know. I, I played pickle. I played pickleball. You do? And I'll say this, it's not as easy as it looks. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, learn about what they call the kitchen, the little part there next to the net. Uh, it, it's, it reminds me of wiffle ball a lot or a, a ping pong uh, with a wiffle ball. It's, uh, it's like it's, ping, pong, it's, ping pong on the lawn tennis court, right? <laughs> yeah, but I, I'm, all, I'm, I'm all for it. It's not something that... Uh, I, I would put a lot of effort in at this stage in my life, but I, I, I like it. I think it's good. How about you, Marty? What do you think about it? Well, I was a little hesitant um, because <laughs> um, they were taking courts um, and turning them into pickleball courts. So we were right, right. Courts, but, but as I started looking at the momentum and started looking at how many people are actually enjoying the sport and, and, and now are able to play, um, I think it's a movement that we have to we have to prepare for. Um, so now I'm I'm embracing it. Yeah. Um, and maybe in a few years I'll pick up a, a racket and give it a shot. But, right. but I think as a as a country and as tennis community, we have to embrace it because it's coming and it has a lot of momentum behind it and it yeah. has a lot of dollars behind it. And a lot of younger people are getting involved with that. And and when I when I, I checked it out. You know, I was thinking Robert mentioned earlier that hey, we got to fundraise, we got to generate some funds for this tennis program. Maybe that would be a good way to start bringing in some of these younger folks, get them involved, and say, hey, I'll lease you guys this court for X amount of hours. You pay us this, and you can raise some funds that way, Robert. What do you think, Robert? Robert? Oh, I I think we have to explore all avenues to raising. <laughs> Uh, funds because you know the USTA, who is uh, the governing body that was sanctioned by Congress back in the 70s, they're now also including uh, pickleball and pickleball development. And then you look at the certification, uh, uh, the PTR coaches and the USPTA, they have a pickleball certification program for coaching. So I think that is something uh, that we have to explore. But we're a small, even though we're national, we're really uh, are a confederation of trying to net grow our network around the country uh, in our underserved communities and help those and help those. And we want our middle class people who 
irrespective of color, who have right. an interest in helping these communities uh, to help us to give funds. Uh, for example, we help kids go to these tournaments. Do you know to go to a, a national tournament across the country, you're talking uh, plain fare hotels, yeah. food, that could be uh, $3,000 just to go and afford $5,000 to go yeah. play a tournament for That's your true. top junior. So I, I feel true. like I'm preaching. So I, I, you did ask about pickleball, so I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> well, you know, pickleball is like um, when ten, when skiing, when snowboarding came in, it, it was – we had we had the exact same problem. It's like you're being you're invading our our, our runs. You all <laughs> all over the place. You not on. You don't even flow like we do. <laughs> so, so you are just like disrupting the sport, right? But we realized that it was a great way to bring kids in. Yeah. Um, for me, I never did. I, Skiing was hard enough to master. I was not going in and learning to master no other sport. So and and I didn't have the flexibility to be a snowboarder anyway. So uh, there were a lot of us that were very resistant. <laughs> you spent a lot of time on the ground as a snowboarder. So it's the same concept. And when snowboarding became an Olympic sport, that was it. It was a done deal. We had to learn how to share uh, the, the the snow, uh, the, the runs with them. Um, and so we learned to coexist. And now it, it's an embrace sport um, all across the board. So I imagine pickleball is going to be the same, same, have the same effect on tennis <laughs> or so, lawn so you, tennis. You, oh, so you felt the same way that Marty felt when this thing started. Hey, man, you guys are occupying our court. What's up with that? Right. <laughs> well, yeah, we would be at the mountain, man, and all of a sudden you just come up on the right side of you or the back side of you and just take you out. <laughs> so, yeah, we had a problem with it. <laughs> you find yourself on the ground and all your ski stuff all over the place and then some idiot and then just taking you out because they 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 surfing on their board so but eventually uh they created uh segments of the of the mountains specifically for them and yeah. so then it wasn't a lot of interaction uh with with us and them but yeah in the beginning it was your life man <laughs> you were, your life was in danger <laughs> So, Greg, uh, did that did that answer your question, Greg? I hope that's, that that uh, addressed uh, your question satisfactorily. So, um, so uh, Marty, tell us where you guys are right now with the tennis program and uh, trying to uh, uh, getting it um, more, uh, providing more awareness so more people can get involved in that. Where are you at with that, Marty? Well, of course, we were always looking for more funding to, to really do more creative, impactful work in that community. But we're growing. We're growing pretty fast. Um, yeah. We're creating partnerships. Um, we're really looking into um, like this, the business side of this and really trying to see how we can monetize and really start. Um, uh, we, we've created some partnerships where we can really look at giving uh, monetizing and bringing dollars back into the program. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be big going forward. Uh, for us, um, I think one of our couple big achievements we had was a. I mean, I'm looking at me now. I'm wearing Italian sportswear, so we we <laughs> created a, a partnership with this organization, this this, yeah. this company, and now this company is is now giving dollars back to Pete Brown as yeah. we sell merchandise. 
So these are sort of the relationships we're going to really try to move forward to looking forward to in the next year or two. Yeah. Um, and we have a big push to create the next champion for the 2028 Olympics that are coming. Yeah. And that's that's in our forefront. So we're really heightening our coaches, making sure that our coaches are really uh, developing the children. Um, we're adding uh, tons more positive um, life skills and, 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 and academic and educational components um, yeah. to our program. We partnered with Best Buy, uh, the Best Buy Technology Group, uh, technology group here in the city. Um, they do STEM, robotics, and, and great things like that. We've now formed a partnership with USC Keck School of Medicine, to yeah. where our kids will be going to the USC campus and getting mentorships and apprenticeships with with that organization so we're really moving forward and and really trying to do big big things in the next couple of years so how many competitions do you run per year to help to bring in funds well we have three tournaments at our yeah. site this yeah. year we had two uh but we were fortunate enough to get another one added this year yeah. um, so that's three but there's yeah. other country clubs and, and adjacent parks that have 10 to 15 tournaments a year. Yeah. So how about we, you? How about you, Robert? How, how many tournaments do you get involved in per year? Uh, we have won our national uh, tournament, uh, <laughs> which again goes back to uh, 1917. So our tournament, and you won't find any other African American tournament that goes back that far. Right. Uh, what we're, what we're trying to do now, as I said, we're more of a confederation as opposed to a hierarchy, is right. we want to um, be more of an information uh, channel for folks around the country to make them aware of the various tournaments. What I do is I go around the country. I'll be going to St. Petersburg in a few weeks uh, to Sowing Seed, which is uh, um, uh, an African-American fundraiser and I, I also in uh, in Dallas, Texas, the uh, USTA in Texas, uh, we're, we're, we're going to work with them to develop uh, a, a juniors uh, a tournament. And so uh, we're going to try and develop, uh, you know, about three or four junior tournaments or high performance junior tournaments around the country, uh, because a lot of times people can't afford to travel across the country. Uh, to play in our national. So we can start developing that. And then what we really also want to do is to get more uh, adults involved, because I'm telling you, uh, to keep the to keep the game going, you need to have people playing on a recreational level, not yeah. just those who are trying to be uh, uh, to get a college scholarship or to be high right. performance. Right. Because right. when you look at the kids, and the adults, there are not many of us who have that skill, but we have the love for a game. We do need to support uh, our local uh, our local programs. And so that's where we're at. Oh, we now, do have a lot of webinars, too. Now, before I turn it back over to my co-host, because I know she's got some great questions, uh, I just want to ask you and Marty this. Um, have you guys thought about putting together, like, YouTube videos uh, which would be like a promo type of video to to, to uh, create awareness in communities because I think that would really help with the fundraising aspect, the awareness aspect, getting more people involved. What do you think about that? Oh, I yeah. think it's wonderful. We have discussed that. 
uh, our challenge now is getting people to come in and volunteer uh, that because, as you know, uh, a lot of it takes uh, commitment of time. Yeah. And just like in most churches, you may have four or five people doing the work, but it'll, you'll have two or three thousand there on Sunday, but yeah. you won't see them doing the work. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, well, you know, the P. Brown program, We, in addition to the programs that Marty talked about, we have a Family uh, Health and uh, Wellness Day. Uh, we partnered with uh, a number of organizations in the community. So, um, and that was part of one of the achievements we received was the uh, Naomi Osaka grant, which was about in, empowering uh, girls in the sport. So we were last year, we were super, super busy. Uh, every every month there's something going on. And, and we actually have a grassroots program, uh, the Quick Starts. These are the babies coming in and uh, just learning. And then we have junior development and actually kids that are in the tournament space, uh, the elite team. We have a number of kids, and Marty can talk to that, a number of kids that are at college because I think ultimately – you know, there's no guarantee we're going to create this pro, uh, but but we can get all 150 kids to college. And so I think ultimately that's what we work. That's what we're really working on. But we want kids to be holistically healthy uh, in addition to academically ready uh, for any aspect of their life. So, Marty, you want to talk about the kids that are headed off, went off to college and, 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 and use tennis as a, as a vehicle to get there. Sure. Yes. And I could take a, a step back and talk about the YouTube. Um, I think mm -hmm. YouTube is critical um, because of the activations, like Crystal said, with our, our health, fitness and nutrition activations we have once a month to get that out there, to get what we're doing out to the public and let them see. Um, we were fortunate enough to create a partnership with an organization called Brothers on Tennis, which is now going to be doing our YouTube page pro bono for us for free. So they're going to come out to our events. They're going to they're going to they're going to um, they're going to film it. They're going to splice it. They're going to uh, redo it and make it really not really uh, look great for for YouTube. And we have they actually put up our first video yesterday which was our Go Girl Power Me Up partnership with the USC women's team. That is now on our YouTube page, ready to roll. Um, and then weekly, they'll be coming with content weekly for our, for our organization. So we're looking forward to that. And thank you, because YouTube is, is big, and we do need to have a bigger presence on YouTube. Yeah. So I appreciate thank that, Gilbert. Um, and just to touch base on what Crystal was saying about, um, of course, we want our kids to achieve big. Um, and we know all kids will not go to Division One. I. I mean, of course, our kids want to go to USC, UCLA, Stanford, but we know that's not achievable. But so we give our kids options, Division Two, Division Three, JC schools, um, even technical trade tech uh, where Pete taught at for 25 years, trade technical college where you can go in and learn a trade. Um, we're creating a partnership with a, a, an organization in Compton called Youth Build. And what they do is they take kids that want to learn, uh, want to learn uh, a trade, where they maybe they don't want to go to college. They want to go right in and learn a trade. So they they connect them with apprenticeships, um, huge corporations and companies that get them right on the job site immediately. So we have several pathways for these kids. Um, some success stories that I'm proud to talk about is 
um, we had a young lady who is now in her second year at Harvard University, Maxie Duncan, who just recently um, was interviewed by a huge magazine for achieving big as an, an African-American athlete. Um, we have a girl now at Norfolk, Virginia, Norfolk State, Virginia, that's really doing well. Um, we have a young lady that's at Cal State LA that's achieving big. Um, we have a kid now that's at a JC, that's at a JC in, in the desert, College of the Desert, that's getting ready to move on maybe next year to a Division One school. So we're doing some big things that we're proud about and some kids that are really achieving. So That's great, man. See, these are the things that a lot of people out there don't even know about. So by putting together those YouTube videos and other things, man, that will just bring it to light, you know? I agree. I love it. I love it. Yeah, here, here are some of our videos. We, 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 a lot is going on at the park on a regular basis. We, we're there on uh, Saturdays and we're there on um, Tuesdays uh, through Thursday. And so these are some of the kids. This is what they're learning. Um, and we have certified coaches, and we're really proud of that. And I don't know why that won't play, but. Um, um, I think overall on our roster, we have about 150 kids, but on a, on a norm, I would say, what do you say, Marty, about um, for whatever reason, this is not going to play. Um, on a norm, we probably have, what, about 25, 30 kids? Well, what we focus, what we want to focus on right now, because we had a, we had a relationship with, um, with Kobe Bryant before he, unfortunately, he passed away. And he wanted us to, to come up with a, an elite 24. Hmm. That's okay, great. so that's kind of stuck with us. Yeah. And it seems that that elite that number 24 and 25 seem to be the kids that the number of kids that we have out there that are achieving big on the court. Yeah. And maybe out of one of those elite 24, we're hoping one of those kids will compete in the Olympics coming up. Um as a player out of that community. Mm -hmm. So so let's let's call it Crystal our elite 24. Okay, so our elite twenty-four, Gilbert. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> but but as but as, as we all know, as our kids move in and move out, uh, we always have to have a feeder, and that's where we are yes. always recruiting for the grassroots part of the program, which is the quick starts, um, so that they are being developed continuously through the process. And as the kids, uh, um, you know, they hit that that mark, and it's time to head for college, which at one point we were at that place we had all these kids we had about what 10 15 kids and all of a sudden five of them just they were gone <laughs> so <All right. laughs> so we realized you got to keep the cycle going yeah. um because you know that's that's the goal is to get them in there develop them and get them at least to qualify so that they can go away to college i think that's so important to be able to have a mechanism and for some parents that's why they put their children in, in tennis is so that they can have that opportunity to go to college yeah and to get those kids to do a full circle and come back crystal yeah it's big, it is big to right. get them to come back and achieve and, and get involved with the organization after they've created their legacy, I think it's critical for us too, for survival right. of, of the organization. And, yeah. and we have a couple of kids. Um, Tori Bailey just came back and we are so proud of Tori because, um, you know, he, the last 
what two or three years before he went to college uh he really just one day he was lacked days ago and the next thing he you know he's on he he was uh, marty took him to new york and he was um on the stage with uh billy jean king and he won a, an essay was it with the espn something another he won and so and he went away to school and he was just so confident so now he's one of our coaches that's working with the kids um so, yeah, ultimately, it's great if they can come back. And eventually, uh, when Marty decides it's time to retire, we will have a kid already groomed or several children already groomed <laughs> to take over. <laughs> That's good. That's very good. Yeah. Very good. So um, so uh, for both of you, what what would you guys like to see uh, the future of, of of tennis in our communities uh, from the ATA standpoint and Marty from you uh, from the local uh, tennis program standpoint? So, Robert. Yeah, I, I'd say from the uh, ATA standpoint, we just would like to see more people getting involved, not in just the game, but in the administration aspect of the game, people with various skill sets, attorneys, students that are into uh, uh, multimedia platforms, uh, AI, and all of these types of things who have these skills to, to get involved. Uh, you know, you can reach out to us at the ATA and we can connect you to people in your communities if you wanna do something at the community level all over the country. We're very proud that a lot of people such as, you know, not just Arthur Ashe uh, and Athea Gibson, uh, but recently Coco Golf. Uh, uh, you know, she, she's an ATA uh, a player. Uh, you guys know uh, we have uh, a lot of people uh, who have come through, uh, 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 what's his name, uh, uh, Val, uh, uh, Mal Washington. Um, mm -hmm. He played ATA. Uh, when you, you know, uh, you look at um, uh, just so many, uh, so many uh, professional people have played ATA. Uh, and so we want to keep this proud heritage alive and we want to be uh, a conduit to give information and to, to tell people about what's going on in their communities. I know Jack and Jill now has a partnership with the USTA, but so many of the Jack and Jillers uh, uh, play uh, uh, community tennis uh, in our underserved community. So we people will call us and ask us, who should we contact? And we just want like to be in a position to, to say, well, reach out to Pete Brown and these types of programs so that they know there are places in the country uh, for them to get uh, help and support. Awesome. Um, and Marty? No, just to piggyback off what Robert said, a couple of things is 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 I, I think the ATA is doing a, a wonderful job. Um, and, and they're kind of picking up where, where, where Arthur Ashe and Charlie Passarelli left off. You know, they're 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 you know, we read Robert will reach out to us and say, Hey, here's an opportunity, or or here, here's here's a partnership you may want to look at. Here, here's a place where you know, here here's an organization that may have uh, some synergy at, you know where you guys may want to partner with. You know, these are the sort of things to have uh, an organization like the ATA to be there for us and to, you know, to 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 guide us. So I, I really appreciate everything you guys are doing, Robert. Um, and when I was a kid, I used to love going to the ATA. I mean, that was a big thing in our community. Um, but what I'd like to see moving forward, guys, is 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 
Number one is I, I think we need to have more economic in, engagement in this sport. Um, like Robert said, it's it's a lot of dollars flowing through this sport, and we're not privileged to a lot of it. Um, there's rackets being strung, there's strings, there's shoes, there's there's court rentals, there's like like you said, Gilbert, uh, uh, fun fundraising tournaments at yeah. our sites, uh, partnerships, all these things. And I think we have to start looking at that side mm-hmm. um, of this being on the mm-hmm. business zone, the business right. of this to really solidify ourselves down the road. So thanks and, for and, right. And, and I think also when we look at it, you know, just like any other sport, you, there's equipment and there's, there's, there's merchandise, right? Mm-hmm. So even creating and selling merchandise, the kids learning. And, you know, one of the things I'm passionate about is teaching kids how to be entrepreneurial. So if you have a pro and you're in a sport that you have to, absolutely love then coming up with a product that is based upon that t-shirts that tell a message or empower uh, um, kids in, in engaging them in the sports and kids actually creating their uniforms and things like that where then you can sell those and baseball caps and there's just so many things that you could actually sell um, or to, to create that economic piece of it and teaching the kids also about once they finish playing tennis or once they graduate from college, if they didn't go pro, you can still be in the sport by having a business that's in relationship to the sport that you absolutely love, like a tennis warehouse or tennis express, right? Those are, those are tennis players more likely. (laughs) They got into the sport apparel. I'd love to get one of these kids to create the next Lacoste. I mean, right, you know, exactly. we, we might have the next Lacoste out there. You know what I mean? We <laughs> have to give it an opportunity, guys. Right. Guys, but. Now, one of the things, one of the things that we do on the business zone and also within our companies, we prepare entrepreneurs to become actually ready, business ready, contract ready, and even nonprofit ready. Because a lot of small businesses, you know, they feel like they're ready, but when we put them to the test, they're really not. There's a lot of things missing. And I, I believe it's the same thing with the, within the tennis space as well. Many of these talents, they're talented, but they're not really ready. So I'm thinking that w- another way that um, your program could elevate many of these talents is to, you do the preparation, you know, the readiness training and preparation and then, you know, if they compete among themselves and they win, then elevate them to another level where now they're probably competing with higher level talent, you know, and then you make it a big, you know, may not be the NBA or, 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 or the WNBA, but it might be, you know, like college basketball, something similar to that, right? But in the tennis space, I'm thinking something like that could help. What do you guys think? Like and then the eyes of the, the eyes of the bigger talent will be on them and go, hey, where have these kids been all my life? Let's yeah, try I to bring them in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's good, but it's it's uh, in a limited way. Because mm. right now, when you look at the United States Tennis Association, uh, they're the governing body. They have the infrastructure. You have oh, level of tennis. You have everywhere from level five up to level one in terms of juniors. And we, and when you look at uh, college recruiters, 
They're going to be at these high level tennis tournaments. They're going to check out your UTR number and they're going to see uh, how many points and where you are. We'll have, there's something called the Easter Bowl that's going to be out here in Indian Wells next month that I'll be going to. You're going, that's where you see your top players. Yeah. But I think what we can do uh, as a community is to help our coaches, to help these programs uh, in the community, you know, like Pete Brown, to help develop these kids because it's a meritocracy. And that's the one thing that uh, after you had uh, an integration that was really big uh, uh, after the Brown versus Board of Education and 64 Civil Rights Act, you had African-American Blacks from all over the world wanting to go out and compete in the general market. So it's a meritocracy. So we have to prepare our kids uh, and our adults to think that way, not to be so myopic to say, let's get our own little stuff because you can't, your little fishbowl is not where you play the game. Right, 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 right. I see. So, so, so could could you flip it another way? Because since it's coming from the organizational level, could you then partner with sponsors like Sprite and McDonald's, because you know, like in basketball, you have the McDonald's championship or the Sprite yeah, champ. That, you know, can you partner that, with those guys? That that's what we're 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 trying to do now. Is yeah. is uh, when you reach out, a lot of times uh, sponsors want to reach out to you. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times you'll find that. Uh, since we're a 501c3, you know, they want you want people that are happy for you to apply for grants. But yeah. when you talk about sponsorship, you and yeah. I both know that that's a different animal yeah. uh, because that's a relationship thing. Now, what yeah, yeah, yeah. is if you had, uh, like the USTA would say, look, ATA, look, Pete Brown, we want to give you access to these relationships for sponsorships. And so what sponsorship really is, is someone saying, is there a business case for me giving you dollars? Yeah. What will yeah. I get in turn in, yeah. in return in terms mm-hmm. of exposure? The yeah. grants are generally for uh, a corporate citizenship. So I mm-hmm. think we have to distinguish between corporate citizenship and yeah. the economics of sponsorship. Exactly. exactly. That's a good point. That's a, That's a great point, point, Robert. Yeah. Right, exactly. And with the ATA, I mean, I've I've attended uh, one of the uh, um, annual uh, tournaments and it's amazing uh, to see the adults and the kids. And I mean, there's like thousands of everybody there. And then the history that's going on in the events There's a big social uh, uh, social aspect to it as well. But I was very, very impressed and very impressed with the talent across the country, both adult tennis players and youth tennis players um, uh, 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 when I when I attended and I went to the 100 year anniversary. Well, and, we have and, to. Uh, I'm sorry, not to cut you off. No, go I'm ahead. Saying, go ahead, Robert. We have to, as a as an organization, make sure that we're more inclusive of the organizations like a Pete Brown. All of these organizations that 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 form the fiber of our community in terms of tennis. The other thing that we have to do, we have to work on our governance model and we're going through that process now because what'll happen in an organization that's 100% volunteer, as you guys know, when someone leaves, you worry about 
what types of personalities will come in yeah. and furnish the goodwill. So we're yeah. working on our governance model. How can we uh, uh, get to a point where we're able to have a paid staff to where mm -hmm. we're not uh, we're not uh, dependent upon or uh, having the risk of someone tarnishing the goodwill yeah. we have with yeah. potential sponsors. Yeah. Right, because they're employees, so they they're bought into the whole vision because yeah. they, 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 there's a vested interest, and you're absolutely right, uh, Robert, to get those get that that committed uh, that commitment. You know, people have to be you know be be paid um, uh, uh, mainly because if you don't have that uh, the time, you still got to do your own. You got to be able to take care of yourself. You know, Marty is actually has a job, <laughs> but he puts in. 40, 50 hours in Pete Brown, but he actually physically has a, a real job that he has to, he has to uh, go to. And so it is trying to balance that. I, I'm a volunteer as well. Um, and I do most of mine on the weekend and, and other stuff in between all the other, uh, other things that I do. But you're absolutely right for you to really take it to that next level. It's like an it's like a business owner. You can do fine with your 1099 people, but not if you're trying to scale up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's like that. It's like that with him approach. Right. What's in it for me approach. So right, I get exactly. that. Now, and then, me being and with the parent and with the parents, you think, oh, great, you got parents that are volunteer. Not. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, uh, me being an out of the box thinker, man, something else just popped in my head, and you know, that's just uh, I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm always thinking of new ways of doing things. So, uh, Robert, I'll just listen to what you said when I mentioned the Sprite and the McDonald's, you know, and you say, well. Most of these sponsors, when they get involved, they want to know what's in it for me. So I'm going to look look at it from a Verizon or AT&T standpoint. So Spectrum. Spectrum is a local um, uh, community, uh, how do you say, IT type company, right? Yeah. So yeah. If, 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 if we could get a company like Spectrum to sponsor your program, they're going to be saying to you, what's in it for me? Well, what's in it for me? Our, our youngsters, they, they, they're they online, they do social media, they use your, your phones and they use all of these things. And a lot of them will be subscribing to, you know, to purchasing those types of equipment from you guys. So that's what's in it for you. You know, we're going to give you X amount of dollars, but, you know, our, our young people, are going to be using the devices they're going to go online they're going to do stuff so to me that's like a you know a win-win situation what do you think about that oh that i i like that i like that gilbert and i am uh you know familiar with uh servicing uh our, our sponsors and the things you have to do in terms of your 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 your, your slide deck and yeah. being able to come up with statistics to pitch. Yeah. Uh, uh, what we want to do is to have someone to help us get those relationships to get in the room. Yeah. Uh, to make yeah. Uh, because we have reached out mm -hmm. uh, to at least 60 potential sponsors. And what we've heard a lot of times is crickets. Yeah. And they'll yeah. also send us to the website for the grant track. And yeah. so, uh, so I'm I'm just I'm just giving you a you know a sense of reality. The other thing yeah. I think what yeah. we have to do a better job is to uh, reach out to I mean what I say there's a a, 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 a 
couple million uh, African Americans, you got a couple million Asians, and, yeah. and people want to support us. We have to do a better job to reaching out uh, yeah. uh, uh, to the communities and not necessarily wait for sponsorships because I'm telling right. you, we have knocked on doors, but that generally takes some sort of personal relationship. Some relationship uh, building. So yeah. with the relationship aspect, I'm thinking about you know, the City Club, man. City Club is like a, a, a market for all of these people that well, we that's need. Where right? the, that's where all the corporate people that's are. That's where they go. The black, that's where the they go. Exactly. So Go ahead, Chris. Th there's a um when we when I was in the ski world, um, we actually one of the benefits, and because there is a quick quid pro quo, one of the benefits <laughs> that we had there is uh so one of the benefits that we offered was especially from automobile companies and so forth, you know, there were adults planting plant a uh, skiing, right? So they buy cars. And so when you want to market to our people, then you come to our summits or you come to our our uh, a kickoff our, our our club kickoff and you have your booths there and you get you build a, ma a mailing list because we're not gonna yeah. give you ours but you build yeah. a mailing list yeah. <laughs> and you have accessibility to those individuals that actually can uh buy your product right if it's a yeah. banker you know we have young people and, and and adults that can open up bank accounts and and buy houses and, and and acquire loans for mortgages so that's how we sold it um and they benefited out of and we and we and they got their their brand out there to our to our um our, our marketplace so in at the time i was skiing there were about 25 to 30,000 of us across the country when we would go to our summits like this last summit that they just had celebrating there they had 50,000 people there that that speaks in numbers and so the ATA has 145 clubs and the number of adults that are coming through are the ones that are spending money right and it's not a cheap sport so even if you're traveling across the country, you still have a middle class a, a, a grouping of people. You know, when you start playing tennis, you know, most of the people that I've met, they were all employed. They all had great jobs, you know, engineers and, you know, and things like that. These are consumers that will benefit those sponsors. So that's how you sell it to them right and then overall then you have future kids coming up that will be adults that also will be consumers so that's the selling point crystal you know what i was thinking about when you you off of the program and get you more involved in the you know i used to be a part of this program where they when we make Great suggestion like Crystal just did. They said, oh, that sounds so good. Okay, we got a volunteer. Now, Crystal, you're going to be in charge of that. Hey, like, just like a church. <laughs> so you know you know what i was thinking crystal i was thinking this right because you know i'm hearing some great things i'm sure our audience and our listeners out there uh they're hearing the same things too and for those of you who are just tuning in this is the business zone with crystal and gilbert we're on every friday from three on to uh, maybe five, you know, depending <laughs> if, the, if the subject is great, we will stick, we'll stick to it. Now, here's what I'm thinking, Crystal. 
you run the community briefing program every Thursday, right? And you talk to a lot of powerful people on that program, a lot of powerful community people. That might be a good platform to bring Robert and Marty on so they can say what they just said right now, that, hey, you know, we need these kind of sponsors, you know. And I'm sure there'll be someone out there listening to that because you bring bankers on there. You bring, you know, community people. You, be, you you bring people who belong to the city club. That space that they're trying to get into. That might be a good platform to get them yeah, on so they can tell their story. Big, uh, and You yeah, see what I'm saying? Corporate, corporate people that have, yes. that have money thinking, that are looking to, uh, they have foundations and so forth. So, yeah. Yeah. I have a few people that... that... You said foundations. Now, remember, I'm distinguishing between grants and sponsorship. And sponsorship, yeah. Yeah, right, exactly. (laughs) It's a difference. It's definitely a difference. So um, I'll I'll think about it. But you do know my commitment is over at the (laughs) (laughs) PR. But if but, it, it can benefit, uh, uh, if it can benefit both, then we'll we'll see what we can do. But that's that's, yeah, that's but, awesome. But we're all we're all for uh, whatever you guys are doing to support Pete yeah. uh, Brown. But I'm just giving you that as an example yeah. of the connections that we have been out here, and we are making some connections. I don't want to make it sound like no one, everyone slamming the door on us. And that's <laughs> not the case. But I, I what what I'm saying is that. When you're trying to sustain an organization that's been around so long, you have people who are aging out. You have people that are retiring. And then when you look at people in their 30s and 40s, I'm sure you you have it at the local level. They're so busy living their lives. They don't have the discretionary income nor the time to really get involved. And that's, uh, that's something not only us, but the USTA, they're facing that. And yeah. so these are challenges that we're we don't back off from, but we're facing, you know, uh, with bigger and we really enjoy uh, the challenge because we yeah. know it's a meritocracy. Right. Oh, yeah. Exactly. And, oh, yeah, and I think um, so, and so, Robert, and you and I have talked about this and I've had this conversation with Marty, the ATA and and the local grass pro, grassroots programs, you know, it's just like the ski program. So the NBS, the National Brotherhood of Skiers, is is the ATA in the ski world and all of our clubs uh, across the country operated under that umbrella. And so. When we would go to uh, the uh, the MBS uh, summits and mini summits, uh, we would be raising money to take our kids, and then a percentage of that would go to the to the to the eight to the brotherhood. And so the brotherhood then had, you know, fifty clubs or one hundred and fifty or two hundred clubs across the country uh, that were under that that would participate in these. Um, uh, many summits and summits, which were garnishing tons of money in the cities that they would go to, um, that they were, that was how they were able to build those relationships because of the fact they were under the, uh, they had the, it was the hierarchy in, in a sense, um, that we all were members of the brotherhood, uh, the national brotherhood of skiers. And that's kind of how we did that. So you had your smaller clubs, but the bigger arm of that war was the uh, the uh, MBS. I like and, that. I think I think the one the one thing I'm seeing there, and I see it with things like uh, the link the links, the fraternities. Yeah. Uh, as I yeah, exactly. About, it's, it's, you know, uh, 
Uh, yeah. you, you have a sense of wanting to belong. That is mm -hmm. something we lack in the ATN. We have to we have to do a better job of rebuilding that in terms of our branding. Uh, mm -hmm. These are things that that is that is something that's on us as an organization that we're working on in terms of our governance documents, uh, modifying our bylaws. And these are things I'm getting in the weeds on uh, yeah. that really, uh, really have to do with your branding. And so yeah. I agree with you. Yeah. And that's how the that's how the USTA operates. Right. There's the USTA and then they have the NJTL and the programs under it. You know, they make their they make their they get their monies because they're supporting all these youth, these youth programs. So it's the same concept. Well, they, well the USTA, uh, they have an interesting model in that uh, the NJTL is out of their. Uh, subsidiary, which is the 501c3, uh, uh, and in uh, the UST is a 501c4, which mm. means they can go and they can go out and they can do some can fundraise. Where, where the USTA foundation uh, yeah. is separate and apart from. Now, there's 17 sections of the USTA, and those are all separate legal entities, and yeah. they too uh, have uh, uh, situations where they don't go along with what the USTA wants because they have their own interests uh, involved. Right, right. And, and, so, and so when you look at nonprofit organizations, especially those like us who don't have employees, where all of those, all of those legal entities have employees, right. there is a different, um, there's a, that's a different model. So we have, we want to get to the point where we can have that model to where yeah. we don't have to get into personality and mud throwing and food yeah. fights. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That a lot of nonprofit organizations get into. Don't go over yeah. there because you know that they're bad. We're good, <laughs> right? And that's the business part of yeah. nonprofits. That's the business yeah. side of it. Making sure that everybody's benefiting uh, from the fact that yes, you are as as, as Gilbert said, nonprofit ready, right? You got to be yeah. nonprofit ready. Yeah. And part of that is, you know, is you're not taking away from each other. You are helping build each other, right? So yeah. that's how fraternity. That's how fraternities and sororities work. They don't yeah. take away from the deltas, the the core, the the foundation of the deltas. They all add value to that yeah. by having uh, divisions all across the, the country, right? And then they come together and, and and do what they need to do. So you're right. Tennis is, is, is I think, is the only sport that I've come into um, that is so competitive <laughs> within the sport itself. On, on all levels. <laughs> on all levels. So, and Marty knows this, right? It's not like you can work together because somebody is like doing some other stuff on the backside. <laughs> so so yeah. it's counter, counterproductive. But before we go off the air, Gilbert wants to go play tennis, but he doesn't. He's, he lives in Alhambra, so he can't come yeah. all the way. He can't come all the way to LA. So is there a court or t a program or a black tennis pro pro uh, club in the Pasadena, the uh, uh, that little area in there, the San Gabriel area? Because uh, he wants to go out and play tennis. He used to play. So can y'all help him? <laughs> and I promise I'll make my knees better for that. I'll make it better. <laughs> hey, why, why don't you go to uh, uh, talk to uh, uh, Veronica Badan? She's uh, in Pasadena. She has the Badan uh, Tennis Academy. Um, 
and that's one I know. I know there's, uh, I don't know, Lisa's, uh, what's Lisa uh, up there in Pasadena? Uh, Marty, you know I her, think, Lisa. I think, I think the um, Badan uh, program would be suitable for him because it's an NJTL site program. And they uh -huh. do have adult. They do have adult and junior classes. Oh, okay. And, well, I think and Marty, mostly uh, does beginners. And, and Gilbert, if you need any more information, uh, you contact any of the three of us, and we'll be happy to go and uh, you know be, be that be that hunting hound and go Definitely. find it. I would love that, man, because I go to these these parks, man, and there there are tennis courts there. And, you know, you have a certain group that controls all of the courts. <laughs> you can't get in there, you know. It's like, hey, can I play? No, no, you got to be a part of us. You got to be one of us. It's like, come on, guys. You yeah, know? and, uh, you know, Gilbert, uh, I'd be happy to come out and feed you some balls sometimes to get the get, I, I get would the love that, out. man. I would and, love it. And uh, Crystal has my number. I'd yeah. be happy to come on out. I would love it. So, are you near the Pasadena area, or you're no, closer no, to LA? I, I'm, I'm, I'm in Los Angeles in West Los. I'm out near the airport. So oh wow, you're I'm all the way out there. <laughs> that's 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 how much I enjoy uh, getting people involved in tennis. Oh and, yeah, uh, I would if, love uh, it. And Veronica doesn't fit. I'm sure there's another fit out there we can get for you. So, uh, so her her my, group is called the Badan Program. Tennis Academy. Yeah, but Don Tennis Academy. You can and you can hit me up if uh, if you can't find it. Now I'll get it. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give him your number. And, and Gilbert, there are there are many uh, tennis players out there that are seasoned and they've learned how to play the net, so they don't have to run. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's gonna be my because you know I usually don't play the net, so that's a good strategy. Maybe I need that. So my knees are so jacked up right now, man. Even when I'm yes. going up the stairs here, it's like oh. Yeah, You'll be ready for J.A. to go home <laughs> and you get to play your lawn tennis. Ah, yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but so before we close out, I have I have a story for you, Gilbert. Uh, when um, when my family, Mona and Tim, we were less learning how to play tennis. We were at at Harvard Park with with uh, with Marty, and there was a guy that was there. And I swear, the man was broke down his back. He was holding his back. He was walking all wide leg, like his knees. Was he work. pretending? I, 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 so and, and so he's like, "You guys play, um, you guys play doubles," and we're like. Yeah, with you, yeah, no problem. And got out there, and the man wore us out. He just—I'm telling you, was pretending. So I told him, I so when I got off the court, I said, "So you not a cripple, huh?" <laughs> he, he was hoping that you guys would bet some money on it. <laughs> he wore us out, boy. Every time he, it was right there at the net. He he never moved. He just stood right here, and everything was like this. <laughs> yeah, you, so, you, you see, you see how familiar I am with that, right? Because I did that, I did that to some of my boys before. Because they're thinking, "Oh, he can't move. He look too old." Man, we put some money on it, and I kicked their butts. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. That's what that's. I, 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 both of them can tell you that's how you that's your strategy when you can't run, right, <laughs> <My> Marty? <laughs> Right man, I can't wait. I can't wait to play, man, because I need it. I need it for my heart and the rest of my body, you know. <laughs> well, thank I, you I, guys. I think of a better, a better sport for you, Gilbert. 
Okay. This whole, this has been, this whole, this whole thing has been fantastic, guys. And Crystal, I'm hoping, um, you know, I know this may, we may need another show, but that yes. we can take a deeper dive into how sports and entertainment collaborates together. Yes. Entertainment yes. and sports. I mean, yes. look, at, look at the Lakers, look at the, the, yes. the Rams, look at the yes. Chargers. They all have the Dodgers arms. Yeah. Support organizations. Yes, so, you know that's another show, but we could take a deep dive on oh, yeah. that. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. a big opportunity that we and, haven't and, even touched on yet. I think and, that's exactly. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And we would definitely have you guys back again. This has been fantastic, as I said. Oh, April, April is Small Business Month, right, Crystal? So we could yeah, bring yeah. them in for that. Yeah. You know, next uh, month, next month, March is going to be uh, National women. Women's Month. So yeah. we're going to bring in all women. And one of our, our viewers, uh, Marian Lopez, I hope she's still there. Marian, you're going to be one of our guests, okay? So keep that in mind. <laughs> so before we sign off, uh, Greg says he had a former co-worker that used to, he was on the board of the USTA. And did either one of you know him? His name is Kevin Dowdell. Dowdell? I'm, oh. familiar, I'm familiar with, uh, with, with the name. Uh, you know, we um, we work uh, closely with the uh, USTA board. Uh, we have a liaison with the USTA board. And not only that, the ATA, we are a non-voting member of the International Tennis Hall of Fame. So mm. uh, so we are we are making progress in terms of building our brand, building our relationships. And I think in the not too distant future, we will have some sponsorship, but internally, we have right. to take the responsibility to make sure we don't have knuckleheads coming here and mess up uh, <laughs> our volunteer organization. I hate to be so plain spoken, yo. It's real. That is true talk. <laughs> well, guys, it's been awesome, and we definitely will have you guys back again um, and, uh, and continue this conversation. And as we know, Black History is not just one uh, month a year. It it's actually 365 days a year and every part of a, everything, all the conversations that we're having is important because there are many people that are learning about who we are and what we do. And that's one of the things that I have found out that we operate in silos. And so yeah. one, what, other groups don't even know you exist. Yeah, and so that's always a mission of mine is to make sure that I close the silos. So this is my way of closing the silos in tennis. <laughs> now, is, is there uh, contact information that uh, Robert, you and Marty want to put in the chat for these folks? So if they need to access you, and let's say uh, my field correspondent, Mr. Greg Sneed, if he wants to donate five thousand dollars, you guys, you know, he can. Give him the bank account number so you can put it in. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're, we're at uh, your uh, yourata.org. Uh, your your ATA? Yeah, dot org. And okay. uh, just go on our site and it'll take you to how to get in contact with us, sending us an email. And, uh, you know, we'll get back in touch. Uh, if, if you're giving $5, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we, 
We know that every dollar really helps. <laughs> and, and Greg said he'll write a check, but it won't clear. <laughs> He's just telling you that up front. <laughs> hey, we we take Venmo and uh, there you go. <laughs> so so for everyone listening, Robert's ask is he needs relationship building with corporations so that they can find funding. That's his is that's his ask and marty what's your ask um my ask is similar okay um support uh more financial support uh from organizations okay. and okay. and um and my and also my ask is to be on the on the front lines of the new is this new project um lulu's place and we'll bring that up on the next call Oh yeah, that'd be a great awesome. call. Yes, there's a lot of yes. lot of opportunities out there that yep. Right. And also, yep. um, knowing that uh we are um at Pete Brown, we we actually have an adult program as well. And so we encourage the parents to play and learn to play tennis right along with their children. And so we're always looking for volunteers to be involved. Uh, and, and we we are always keeping our kids, um, you know, um, rejuvenating the the uh, the young kids, the the grassroots program. So if you're looking for a program to get your kids involved in, Pete Brown, we are there every Saturday. Uh, won't be this Saturday because it's going to be blizzarding, <laughs> but but every Saturday morning at ten o'clock. And so come on out and and you parent, you can also play as well. And um, and, and 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 so Robert, the ATA this year, the tournament is when uh, July twenty uh, fourth, the week, the whole week of July twenty fourth. Uh, we're excited that we're going to have some of the top uh, uh, young players uh, coming back to play our Open. There'll be two thousand dollars for the male winner and two thousand dollars for the female winner. Uh, also, there'll be a thousand dollars for the uh, the finalists. And the USTA, uh, uh, Martin Blackman at the USTA, the, the development, uh, our winner will have uh, a wild card into uh, one of the 15K pro tournaments that's in their region around the country. So we're very, we're very, we're very happy about that. Um, that's big. So, Congratulations. Uh, but yeah, the other thing I want to say, uh, Krista, you had mentioned about uh, the adults. We need more adults. If we can encourage the adults to play uh, 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 3.0, 3.5 league tennis at at at, at uh, Harvard Park, if we could get more people to come over there and play, because that helps us grow, they then will become more want to become more aware of what else is going. And when I get out there playing with Gilbert, I might be able to get Del Gilbert down to the eight. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm all about growing, growing tennis at the local level. Yeah, and that's really well, it because I know that we will be blessed with the seeds of the growth at places yeah. like Peak Brown. I all agree. Right. I agree. You're, you're so and as Greg said in the chat a few minutes ago, and you might be able to find your, your spouse out there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you, and you get a free tennis racket. And there you go. <laughs> all of those incentives. <laughs> I love it. 
Finish and maybe a spouse. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, the, all of these, oh, and, and, and Greg said, or urgent care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably blow up the rest of my knees. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there you go so come on out guys and, and play we actually are getting ready to gear up for the the team tennis um we got to find us a captain and a co-captain but um the, the the team that played last year they had a fantastic time that was their very first time as adults and we've actually our adult program has grown there's about 20 of them we've got about 24 of them as well so uh, come on out bring your family have play tennis uh, become a member of the ATA and uh, and then be able to go to the tournament. It is a ball. Is it, where is it going to be? Uh, it's going to be at the national, the USTA national campus. Uh, uh, and that's in Orlando, Florida, where Disney, Disney world is. Uh, uh, we had, we had, a, we have a gala. If you want to participate in that and buy a ticket last year, we, uh, we honored, uh, um, matter of fact, the uh, the chairman of the USTA, we honored him. Uh, we honored uh, 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 Dr. Um, uh, Johnson, Walter Johnson's daughter, uh, 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 JoLynn Johnson, and, and her family. Uh, we got the Althea Gibson uh, Foundation to, to allow us to use their name to honor uh, the team uh, from Xavier, uh, men's tennis because they won uh, their their league. And also we had a screening uh, of uh, the Athea Gibson, uh, which is courtesy of the United States Professional Tennis Association, USPTA. We use their facility. So we we had a great time. And so we'll, we plan on having another good time this year. But most importantly, we need to grow the organization through growing tennis in our local communities that's most important guys definitely okay, awesome and well, if you want to come we certainly enjoy both of you being on this program. You guys provide some amazing education for us. You know, I mean, Crystal knew a lot about this because she's on the inside. But someone like myself who is on the outside who knows nothing about this, this was really enlightening and uh, helpful. Well, don't and forget, you Gilbert, you and I will be in touch. Oh, for sure, for sure. I get you his information. And, and sure. if you want to come out and see some great kids playing tennis, uh, we have our kids are at, at Griffin Park every Sunday, right, Marty? Mm -hmm. Perfect. So free UTR. Yep. Free, free UTR. UTR so you want to come out and see some incredible tennis played by young yeah. people, uh, right. our junior, uh, uh, junior development and junior and elite team. You can go there or you can show up, come over to uh, uh, Harvard Park. We're there every Saturday. You can see some, these kids are just absolutely awesome to watch. So uh, now, we invite let, me you ask, out. let me ask this question. Those kids that they put in that 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 movie, uh, they call him uh, uh, Serena's dad. What's his name? Uh, King, King King Richard. King Richard. Uh -huh. Yeah. Did, did did those girls? Did they come from your community? From your program? Uh, well, not, they use in the, movie? not the girls that were in the actual movie, but right after, a couple maybe six months after that another documentary popped up about Richard and they came to our facility and used two of our girls for that. That's, That's amazing. Man. 
See, those exactly. are the kinds of things I'm talking about, putting on mm -hmm. YouTube, man, putting it out there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that will help yeah. to attack some people in right. there. That would be amazing. And, and actually, right. that screening took place at the uh, uh, um, uh, Pan-African Film Fest. They screened it uh, two weeks ago uh, when it was going, uh, the festival was last week. And yeah. so that, that, that documentary, and another friend of ours, uh, Kelvin, um, um brown 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 he was actually in it he's 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 friends uh with richard williams and so he was in that so they had the screening with him uh yeah. and a couple of other our kids have been in commercials and um uh they've come out to our park uh we actually even had some of our adults uh yeah. have been asked that they've come over looking for in fact the american uh there's a show on um it's about about football but they actually had a, 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 a spinoff that was about tennis. So they came over and got a couple of our adult players and right. uh, and they were in that program. So it's a great place to come, guys. <laughs> I, I, I See, those are the kinds of things, man, I want to see out there on YouTube because you guys are doing great things and not too many people are hearing about it. We want to get it out there, man. And one other thing, I wonder if is, is Marianne still Marianne still on 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 the call here? Marianne, if you're she, still on I the call, she, she may be so, gone already. In the Latino culture, there there is a, a phrase that is used for somebody who is a chatterbox. You know, they talk a lot. They call him a chismosa. You know, if it's a guy, they call him a chismosa. If it's a woman, it's a chismosa. So when you have programs like these, you want to get it in, in the company of a chismosa, man. So they can go out there and chat about it. That's free advertisement for you. Right. And, and our program is multicultural. We have kids, uh, Hispanic kids. We have black kids. We have Asian kids. We have white kids. Uh, we we are actually a multicultural uh, program. Um, and kids come from all over the city, uh, down yeah. to the hood to play yeah. tennis. So, so we're very proud of our program. That's great, and, man. Um, That's great. I'm excited about this. This, I, I feel pretty good about it, man. Okay. And, and like Marty says, we, we, we need to do another show, you know, and talking about how connecting, uh, the entertainment side with the tennis side and the business side and make it all work. So, yeah. And Can't go. wait. Can't yeah. wait. Sports. Can't yes, wait, and man. the sport and the entertainment. Yeah, part. the sport and, and, and the entertainment part. Yes. Definitely. So you guys are tuned in to the Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert. We are here every Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock. Come out next week. We are highlighting our uh, Women's History Month. We also are requesting that a call to action go over to our YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. And the best way to get over there is to take a picture of Oh, oh, Billie Jean King. Oh, wow. History, history Month. Women's History Month. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. That, that's next month, baby. That's next, next month. month. Right. So All right. A, I love it. Take a picture of the QR code and go over and, and help us increase our sponsorship, our, our subscribership. We want to, we're, our goal this year is to monetize uh, the business zone. The business zone will be, I have been on the air seven years as of July 8th. So we're pretty excited. We're gonna really do it up big. We're gonna talk we're about gonna, our upcoming anniversary, co-host. Talk about we, it. Right. We're gonna be uh we're gonna be remote, remote er. <laughs> we're gonna be at a location <laughs> and we're gonna have a big celebration for seven years on air with uh, yep. the business zone. And we're it's gonna excited. be live and in person, guys. So you yeah. guys get to come, 
check out the show live. Uh, we'll, we'll have a cluster of little small businesses there that will interview live on the business zone. And, you know, it's going to be a great show. So please come on down. I'm trying to get one of my clients who runs a Jamaican restaurant. I'm trying to get her to provide food. So, hey, it's going to be great, guys. <laughs> All right. It's going to be great. <laughs> Marty and, and Robert, thank you guys so much for spending the afternoon with us. We so appreciate it. We enjoyed Definitely. you. And Definitely. we're going to sign off, Gilbert. So yeah. take us on out. Okay. We're out. To, we'll see you guys next week. As a small biz pro, I saw we roll Using procurement, program and control As a small biz pro, I saw we grow Using procurement, program and control I'm a business man, yes I'm an entrepreneur